Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have part two of the interview between Stephen Furtick and T.D. Jakes. And again, this is so, so powerful. It's a little bit longer of a clip, but it's so good. Hope you enjoy it. Don't you feel like a lot of stuff gets thrown around at a cliche level like this? Like I was thinking about this reading the book. You have this great section on pruning. (laughs) And feel free to preach on John 15 at any point during this question if you want. But I was thinking how sometimes Christians use language to cover up lifestyles. So, you know, I really wanted to ask you this tonight. Do we sometimes use pruning as an excuse for our bad decisions? In other words, you know, everybody walked away from me. God is pruning me. They walked away from you. Because you're mean. And you're self centered, and your breath smells bad. You know, or whatever. And but, 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 but that is pruning too. But some people only learn through those kinds of chastenings. Because anytime you won't hear God's warning, He will chasten you. Mm-hmm. And whom the Lord loveth, He chastens. And the, the, you're right, they're not leaving because God is pruning you. But they're leaving because of your behavior, but your behavior is making them leave, which is still a pruning because it comes down to how many will you have to lose for you to change. Okay, I want to go into that, Bishop. So, is there a difference between being crushed by the hand of God versus suffering the consequences of your own decisions? I think that sometimes God uses his hand and sometimes he uses yours. Yeah, yeah, sometimes he uses yours, but he, see, see, you cannot get God's people out of God's hand. Whether they are dysfunctional, whether they are emotionally dwarfed, they are still God's people. Whether they make bad decisions or stupid decisions or terrible mistakes, you cannot get them out of God's hand. The souls that are in the Father's hands, no man can pluck them out. Some of them are smart souls. Some of them are proud souls. Some of them are arrogant souls. Some of them are prejudiced souls. But they are in God's hands, and God will keep working with them and working with them and reshaping them and breaking them and making them again and breaking them again until they become what he had in mind. Every branch in me that beareth fruit, every branch in me that's doing kind of good, he says the reward is I prune it that it might bring forth more fruit. And ultimately, herein is my Father glorified, verse 8, that you bring forth much fruit so shall ye be my disciples. In between fruit and more fruit is always a knife. When God gets ready to take you up, he always cuts you back. There will will be some exodus. There will be some, some loneliness. There will be some crushing place, some weeping, wallowing, stage of life because you are his and he knows exactly where to cut you. In the book I talk about my mother had a rose bush and I decided to help her out. And I was a little kid and I went out there to do like I had seen her do. I was going to prune the bush and I almost killed it. 
The different, I used the same knife and it was the same bush that I'd seen her prune the year before. I used the same knife. But in my hand, it was a weapon. And in her hand, it was a tool. God knows exactly where to cut you to make you more productive. I was doing the right thing, but I was cutting in the wrong place. Mama knew exactly where to cut that bush in order to make it go from fruit to more fruit, to much fruit. God knows exactly where to crush you, to bring you to the place that you need to be. I, I wanna throw this in. What started this journey, I was getting ready to preach at Lakewood and, uh, and I was sitting outside and all of a sudden I got a download and it's hard for me to explain what a download is. I mean, all the technical people know what it is as it relates to technology, but that's kind of what we finally got to in technology. The Holy Spirit was always there because the Holy Spirit has always downloaded. Knowledge from the divine comes in waves. It doesn't come in reason. Right. Behold is a download. <laughs> they missed that. That was so good. Yeah, it was. But you got yeah, it? Yeah, they'll, okay. they'll get it when they watch it back. Preach it Sunday, it'll be all right. <laughs> the, the word revelation is the Greek word apocalypse. It means to unveil, behold. It is a download. All of a sudden, you know something that you didn't know, and it comes in a fullness, and it comes, and God started giving me this download. Oh my God, it was, it was not a normal one. It was a big one. It was too big to be a sermon. I was writing all over legal paths, trying to keep up with it and trying to, trying, to, trying to get it all together because all of a sudden I began to realize that when Jesus held up the cup in the Last Supper, that there was, and he says the New Testament is in my blood, that, that what was in the cup had synergy with the one who held it. The grape you see is one of the few fruits that, that is raised to be crushed. And Christ was born to die. And as he held the cup, he was also, the cup was a reflection of him. Except that the cup had already been raised and crushed and resurrected in its eternal form. And Christ was about to be. And he says, take and do this in remembrance of me. I was born to die. You're about to see me be crushed. But understand that as he crushes me like this cup, he is transforming me from grapes to wine. And, and, and I wrote this because there are so many people listening at us right now who are being crushed. Some in obvious ways. Some in childhood ways. There are people in here who have been raped. There's people in here who have been molested. There's people in here who have been abused verbally, emotionally, mentally, raised without parents, never been loved, never been treated right. And, and they have been crushed. There are people who are being crushed right now in situations that don't work, in circumstances that are overwhelming. Sometimes the pressure is visible and you can see the assailant. But other times it's invisible. It's, it's, a, it's an emotional, it's a mental, it's a turmoil. It's an internal conflict that crushes you and you suffer in invisible ways. Like a child that's been whipped and sent to school but they wore clothes to hide the scars.
And there you are walking amongst people and nobody can see that you're scarred beneath it all. That's what crushing is. And there are people in this room right now who have or will or are enduring crushing moments and they are saying, where is God? And he's under the clothes with you. He's in the pain with you. He's in the situation with you. He's in the turmoil with you. No, nobody else is as brutally, brutally, give me this, brutally, brutally honest as God about crushing. It's right up front. The whole emblem of Christianity is a cross. Duh. It's not a crown. He comes right out front and tells you, if any man will be my disciple, pick up his cross and follow me. Come on, let's die. When you went, and I talk about this in the book, I talk about the tabernacle, and the tabernacle stands out in the middle of the wilderness, and the flapping of the goat skins out of the, the badger skins out in the middle of the wilderness, the white flapping of the skins is an indication that God wanted to meet with man, O.L. Moed in Hebrew, the tent of meetings. And you must come in at the door, and the door stands out starkly different from the walls around it with its blue and its crimson and its purple. It's blue for the grace of God. It's crimson for the redemptive power of God. It's purple for the majesty of God. The door stands out because it's a picture of Jesus that says, I am the door. The moment you walk through the door, the very first thing you see is a brazen altar, a dying place. No couches, no chairs, no furniture, no candles, no scents and fragrances, no aromas, no aromatherapy. The very thing you smell is the stench of burning flesh and the dripping of blood into a pan beneath it because God puts the pain up front. He never hides or disguises the fact that the moment you walk into the door, you have to pay something for promotion. You have to go through process to get a promise. You have to go through crushings in order to have a crown. He puts it right, right up front. He doesn't give you the labor. He doesn't, you know how they come along and they give you the little tiles on the plane and all that little scented stuff before you do it. He no, 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 no. You will wash later. You will burn first. You will writhe and groan. And, and, the re- and let me prove to you, let me prove to you, the apostle proves to us in the New Testament I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. A living sacrifice is something that is put on the altar alive, squirming, tied to something that doesn't work, tied to something that doesn't move, tied to a marriage that doesn't work, tied to a job that doesn't work, tied to a city where you're not respected, tied to a situation where you're squirming. And God uses squirming situations to create crucify the flesh and it's all up front and if you can make it past the first piece of furniture then he'll wash away the stain of the blood off of your hands and take you on into an area that smells better because the first room the first outer court smells like burning flesh but if you make it to the most holy place what 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 calms down the stench of death It's a smell of burning incense. The prayers and praises of the saints drive back the smell of death and what it costs you to be who you are. 
It costs you to make it. Now, you didn't come through that door to smell death. You came to that door to have an encounter with God, but you have to walk through the whole process and then get to the veil and get past the veil into the holies of holies. You have gone from daylight, daylight, natural light, light that everybody sees, to candlelight, which is revelatory light, the light of God's word, to Shekinah glory, which is divine light. That was Pastor Stephen Furtick and T.D. Jakes, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Crushing Pastor T.D. Jakes and Stephen Furtick. And you can also find out more information about T.D. Jakes at his website, tdjakes.org, and Stephen Furtick at stephenfurtick.com. Have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless you.